What's up, armchair army? It's armchair. It's the armchair analyst. I don't know what you were trying to say. <laughs> well, my shoulder about popped out of socket when we started the show. If off. you hear a long, a long, geez, Louise, loud click at the beginning of this, that was Garrett's shoulder yeah, just go, out of sure nowhere. Go back and check that one out. I'm falling apart. Getting old. Sponsored today by Orthopedics. No. Um, all right. Let's get back on track. <laughs> Episode sixty four brought to you by Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah, uh, Nintendo sixty four, dude. Oh, <laughs> good man. What a great console or whatever. One of the greatest gaming systems of all time. Is that your favorite? So I won't go into a story, but uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> good enough. Probably PlayStation two. PlayStation two. Yeah. Yeah. PS two is probably my favorite too. Yep. That was my first one I ever had. We were Amish growing up and. Not really, but uh, it took us three days to figure out how to play a game on it. So anyway, yeah, well, yeah, I didn't like the weird three-handled joystick thing that the sixty-four had. I didn't like that. Yeah, it was a little bit weird, but Mario was pretty cool on that thing. That's where I first played Mario Kart. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, all right, all right, back to business. Back to business. Episode sixty-four. We are continuing the mini series of drafting from different positions. It is uh, the second of four. And we are doing the 102 to 105. So essentially, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, basically we're breaking it down by where you are starting in your draft and how that changes maybe your draft strategy, how you look at things, what players to look out for, that kind of thing. And the idea is that if you are drafting in one particular position, you can listen to that episode and get a better idea of how to attack your draft. So, yeah, not all the time do you know ahead of time where you're drafting you know, from, but a lot of times in our drafts we do know, and it's it's nice to be able to prepare with a mock draft or two knowing where that's at and we're just kind of giving you the guidelines of what we think a good draft might look like from these positions absolutely so we're going to go ahead and get into it uh like i said this episode is going to be from the 102 to 105 position so you're not at the 101 but just right there uh the early picks after that and it kind of depends in this first round to me i guess we'll go ahead and get into it well, I was going to say, like, in in your opinion is this like the best spot to be or would you rather be a little bit later like, how do you feel, like, in this range, 102 to 105, is this, is this the best spot to be in draft? To me, if I'm at the 102 or the 104, it's the best. If I'm the other places, not so much. So so 102 to 104, so why not the 105 then? Uh, the 105 can be good, too, because I like Travis Kelsey, I guess. And if, if it just depends on how things fall. What I like about the 102 is, to me, and we talked about it in the first episode, or episode 63, there's two elite players this year that need to be in consideration at the 101, and that's CMC and Justin Jefferson. Well, at the 102, you're guaranteed to get one of them, and the decision's already made for you. So I like that a lot. Then at the 104, it's kind of a similar deal. I think after that, it's Jamar Chase and Austin Eckler. And if those two guys fall, then you can kind of get the opposite, you know, same type situation. So that is why, but I also like Travis Kelsey. So, um... I guess I would say this is the best position to me. I would rather be here than the back end. Yeah, would you rather be at 105 than 102? So you don't have to make those hard decisions? Nah, I want 102. Yeah, me too. I, I like to have yeah. that skill player. As you were talking, I thought maybe you might have been talking yourself into the 105. But no, yeah, no, I, think no. I'd, I think either if I'm like 102 is great, so you can get one of those top two guys, or I like being like 6, 7, or 8, which is right outside this, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but I really like that position as well. So... But right, right here, like we like we were just talking about, you know, you could eat, if CMC happens to fall, which probably won't happen, um, you could get him at the 102 or a little bit later. Um, but most likely, you're getting an all-star wide receiver here, and it's probably going to be Jamar Chase, um, maybe even Justin Jefferson if you're the 102. At the 102, 
Yeah. I think Justin Jefferson's going first more than, than CMC. CMC. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I would assume CMC would be going first. But yeah. I think right now in current ADP that Justin Jefferson's number one and, and CMC's a close second. Um, so gotcha. I think I think it's realistic that he could fall. And, and that's going to be – at that position, I'm taking one of those two guys and then I'm building my team based off of what I get there. Now, that being said, what is your order just if you're 102 to 105 and – well, just do 101 to 105. Like, where do you see those guys going, and how would you draft if you're just starting a team, PPR, 12-man? So 101 for me is CMC. Two is Justin Jefferson. Three is Jamar Chase. Four is probably Austin Eckler. And then five is Cooper Cup for me. Six is Travis Kelsey. Seven is Tyreek Hill. So I would I would put Jefferson ahead of CMC, I think, and then I would put Kelsey at the 105 ahead of Cup. But that's that's kind of how I see him too. And then Cup Hill probably right afterwards. Yes, yeah, yeah. I like Bijan. Okay, I, I, but I'm too early on Bijan. I don't think that's good advice. So okay. yeah. So anyway, 102 to 105. That's kind of how we see it breaking down. Yeah. Uh, moving into the second round, what kind of players are we looking at there? So late in the second round, um, guys like Garrett Wilson sometimes fall here. Most of the time, especially now, like the hype is really kind of taken off and he, he might go a little bit earlier than that. Jalen Waddle, I really love the second year wide receivers, Chris Olave there. Um, I'm, I'm really high on Chris Olave. If Tony Pollard happens to fall, um, you know, we talked about him in the 101 episode and if he happens to fall, he's an immediate draft here. So like I would take Tony Pollard here and hope like a Chris Olave, if you're playing the ADP game falls to me in like the third round. See, I, I, I think I like Tony Pollard, but I think, um, I'm trying to stay balanced here. And so, like, if I take uh, – uh, I'm trying to think. If I took CMC. CMC, if I took Austin Eckler in that 102 to 105 spot, I'm probably looking a lot harder at uh, Waddle, Chris Olave, or Garrett Wilson. Like you said, those second-year guys, whoever fell, and I feel like it's the best available, I'm probably going to go quarterback instead of running back, running back personally. But I, I don't think there's any problem taking Tony Pollard there. You would You would take a quarterback here? No. Oh, I thought you said you were. I no, I would, so I'm looking I'm at a wide. In most cases, I'm going to look at a wide receiver or a running yeah. back, and then whatever I got in the first round, I'm going to get the opposite in the second round. Yeah, I, I really like the wide receivers here um, because even Devonta Smith and T. Higgins are right, right around this, the third round probably in this area. But um, those young guys, like, I don't know if this is the proper word, but they're such like sexy picks, you know? It's like, what could possibly happen with these guys' career? You know, they they feel like they're just starting, and they're the opposite of, like, boring, like, slow guys. Like, they're, they, you feel like you could be drafting the 101 with all of those second- and third-year wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, I, I love those guys. I've, I've talked about the second-year wide receivers many times on this podcast. Um, but then you fall into the early third round, and I, I think all those guys we just talked about have potential to fall. Like, you could go grab them in the late second. They all have potential to fall. I think Mark Andrews is another name to throw out. Uh, who could potentially fall later in, or early in the third round. Um, he doesn't in ADP, but sometimes the guys you draft with don't take tight ends that early. So uh, he's another guy you could potentially get there. Yep. So if I'm at, uh, again, depending on if I'm at the, the O2 or the O5, it kind of changes things a little bit. But I like to kind of let the draft come to me a little bit more if I'm closer to the middle because you're not waiting 24 picks. You're, you're waiting, you know, whatever it is, 12 picks or whatever if you're in the very middle. And I like to wait there and see what uh, comes to me. That being said, in a perfect world, I'm going to leave after this third draft or third round um, with either two running backs and a wide receiver or two wide receivers and a running back. I'm going to try and keep that balance going. I don't want to necessarily get overloaded at wide receiver. don't want to get overloaded um, at running back. I might, 
look at taking a quarterback in the third round if it's somebody that I feel like is that elite tier, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, especially Jalen Hurts, those guys. But other than that, I'm probably not taking a onesie position. Yeah. Um, moving on to the fourth round, um, I've seen an ADP where sometimes like Joe Mixon falls here, Aaron Jones falls here. Like uh, to me, those are just like smash drafts. Take like, them. Yes. If they fall, like that's one of the best values you could get in the draft. Those older guys, um, like the Joe Mixon, like uh, criminal record, whatever that risk is. Like I, I think that they've got that settled. He pleaded that, that he's went not guilty. Um, if I if I remember correctly, and then Aaron Jones, that offense, people have question marks about it. He's going to be great for fantasy, too. So just smash those guys, um, take them in that fourth if they happen to fall. Some quarterbacks, you know, you talked about quarterbacks in the third, but sometimes those two Justin Justin Fields and Justin Herbert, both Justin seem to fall to the fourth round. So if one of those is available and you want a quarterback here, maybe you've got two running backs and a wide receiver or two wide receivers and a running back or whatever, and you want to get a, one of these elite quarterbacks, they'll both probably be available. Um, I tend to pass on quarterback here. Um, because I like the value of some of these running backs like Dobbins, um, Sanders, and even Damian Pierce. Those are just all high-volume plays in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think going back to what you said, like if you can start with Aaron Jones, I think I think he is extremely underrated because the offense has changed. He's been a top-10 uh, running back the last four years. He hasn't had his legs ran off like all of these other running backs that are, have been elite for that long, and I just think he's getting overlooked so much. So I, I think he is like you said, a definite smash, but I agree with everything else you said. Um, I'm still pretty bullish on this fourth round and the talent that is there. And again, just kind of letting it fall to you and, and see what is available. But I, I just wanted to highlight, I think Aaron Jones is one of the most underrated players going right now. Yeah. And if you notice, I didn't talk about any wide receivers in the fourth because right now, like in this four to five turn to me, the value at wide receiver is so deep and that I would want, I'd probably take, um, a different position in the fourth and let the draft kind of fall to me and whatever's available at wide receiver in the fifth. I like, because I like so many guys here, you know, Amari Cooper has a potential to fall there. DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, D hop, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson. Those are some of the guys that should be available at this early fifth round pick. And to me, um, I, I would like any of those guys here, um, after getting an art running back in the late fourth. What do you think about Amari Cooper? I'm not trying to sound this pick for too long, but I almost, I did a little bit of research on him last week and I almost feel like this is a tier break for him, uh, compared to some of the other guys going like, you think he's a higher tier than these other guys? Kind of. Yeah. So I think that he's going to go as this, as Deshaun Watson goes, I think Mark Cooper depends on Deshaun Watson. And honestly, we expect Deshaun Watson to take a step forward this year. So Amari Cooper's, I mean, he's a solid wide receiver at all. Like, he's always going to be good. He's kind of kind of like a Keenan Allen. Like he's been good for so long. You almost just like forget how good and dominant they are. Um, I'm okay with Amari Cooper as my wide receiver too. Um, I'm okay with Keenan as my wide receiver too. If you, if you got all your onesie positions before this round, I'm okay with Amari, Amari Cooper and Keenan as my wide receiver ones here. So if Amari falls to you in the fourth or fifth round, like I, I like him here. I think he's going to be good. Very good. Going to the next round. What is this, round five now? Well, I just talked about all the receivers in round five. Is, is that what you would do in round five? Do you like all those wide receivers there? Uh, so I talked about the running backs and quarterbacks in round four because of how deep the wide receiver position is going into round five. And I, like I see what guys. you're saying. Yeah. I Honestly, I have a hard time at this stage in the draft of what to do. And I talked about it on a previous episode of like, trying to find guys that I feel like have value um, kind of in this range that have done it before, because I, I don't see a lot of guys with screaming value that are like younger type guys that are coming up, but I do see a lot of guys that are 
kind of like what you just talked about with Amari Cooper that are, we almost take them for granted. They've been so good for so long. And I, I find myself looking more in that area and I don't worry about the position so much, uh, depending on how my roster is. Alan Kamara here. <laughs> um, shoot. His ADP is a little after this, but you know, if you want him, you've got to go, you've got to reach for him a little bit at this position. Yeah. If my team was good enough, if I, if I felt pretty good about how the uh, first, whatever it was, four or five rounds, uh, went, then yes, I would. Yeah. So Alvin Kamara in the fifth. Um, but I, I think I can find value later in the draft to fill those three weeks. Or maybe take Jamal Williams. Who's going to be playing in that back. Yeah, you can get him super late. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways, I was just curious because he, to me, he's a little high in ADP, but you know, some people still believe some Saints fans still believe in Alvin Kamara and the reports out of camp showing that he still has a lot of juice and he's definitely the best back in this field backfield. So I watched him at a preseason game and he like, he looked like he was playing with a bunch of backups. I mean, like he stood out. I mean, you could tell like, Oh, that dude's super talented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we're in the late sixth round. Um, and in the notes here, I have in all caps value at running back position. That needs to be the priority. Um, so guys that, could potentially fall in this area. Uh, I've got Cam Akers, James Conner, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, Javante Williams. If you had two to three running backs already, all of these guys are still available for a solid running back three or four depth piece. Um, I don't know if, you know, James Conner is probably a solid starter on your team, but uh, most of these guys are just solid bench players. Yeah, I took uh, James Conner in as my RB2, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. In a league, but I also had Devonte Adams, uh, Devonta Smith, and then DeAndre Hopkins as my three wide receivers. So I felt pretty good about those, and and I don't. That makes me not mind having James Conner as my RB two there. But normally, yeah, he'd be a flex type guy. Um, here, I'm kind of be honest with you. I'm, I've been looking at tight end a lot in this range. If like Darren Waller is left, that's that's my main guy. I really like him. Um, after that, I feel like it's a tear break. I know a lot of people like Dallas Goddard. Um, He's usually shortly after. I'm not as high on Dallas Goddard. And uh, so I definitely look to see if Darren Waller is available. I also like Kyle Pitts, but uh, I think he usually goes a little bit earlier. Yeah, I I really just think this sixth and seventh round is all roster dependent. So how how have you built your roster leading up to this point? And if you have a bunch of running backs, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, wide receiver, you know, value here. Take one of those wide receivers and then let the draft fall to you in the early seventh um, coming back. So... Um, just, just look at your roster and, and make your pick based on that. Um, I think, I think that, like I said, I think there's just, there's good value at wide receiver. You've got people like Brandon, Ayuk, Hollywood, the Bucks wide receivers are still available. Michael Pittman. Like I like all those guys, Tyler Lockett, really the Seahawks wide receivers. Um, I, I like the value value at wide receivers. So depending on what your roster looks like, you know, you can get solid guys in the six, seven turn as well. Yeah, just a little tip here. This is again, depending on what position you're in, this is usually close enough to that turn where you can kind of look and you're deep enough into the draft now, you can look at the other teams that are going. So, like, if you're the if you're picking fourth and there's three teams between you and the turn, you can look and see who has their quarterbacks, who has their tight ends, who, you know, in the seventh round already has four running backs, and kind of get a better idea of who might be making their way back to you when you're making these selections in between. Yeah, and, um, and then my only advice, I, I don't even know if I've talked about the seventh round much, but it's just whoever you didn't get in the sixth that, you know, that position, I would just try to get the other position in the seventh. Yeah. Just trying to keep it balanced. Right. I never want to get in a, and this is for any position. I don't ever want to get in a point where I'm like, I have to, no matter what, I have to take the best available at this position coming back because that puts you, that hamstrings you so bad when you end up taking guys, 
you don't really want because you know you're into round seven and you don't have a running back yet like that's a that's a bad feeling that's a bad place to yeah, be yeah and exactly you can't take advantage of um the values that come back to you when you get yourself in a bind like that yeah um being in the eighth round in the ninth round like this is where running back like it is a severe dead zone here, and the, the value at running back is not. I mean, you you could hope that some guys fall. Um, we talked about in the last episode, like if you get in this position and Khalil Herbert hasn't been drafted, get him now because he won't come back to you. But besides that, like you just got to hope that somebody falls if you need a running back because um, some of the people that are available here, you know, you've got some like high risk, high reward quarterbacks and Deshaun Watson, Tua, Anthony Richardson, um, Dak sometimes might fall here. Um, I'm not a big fan of getting guys like that unless it's Anthony Richardson and then you back him up with, you know, a safe quarterback just in case. But um, I wanted nothing to do with Anthony Richardson. And I think I was wrong. Like he's somebody I'm, I'm strongly considering. When you look at the history of some of these rookie quarterbacks that can run, like Anthony Richardson can. Just any quarterback that runs. You got to feel like, I mean, the, the, the Colts could be horrible this year, and he could still be a top 10 running back this year. And, and he just has a ton of upside. Um, and I would definitely look into taking a guy like him right here. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. It's it's really like I'm not a huge fan of the tight ends here. Pat Frymuth is available. Um sometimes around here but if, if, if it's not pat farmers i'm punting the tight end um anthony richardson's a good pick but the wide receivers are probably where most of the depth is going to be and so if you get um you know one of those guys at the eighth you know i'm looking at wide receiver here in the ninth because guys these rookies quentin johnson's a flowers really stick out to me in this position um really high upside guys that you know are super talented in really good offenses yeah, uh, uh, just speaking of wide receivers, a guy that normally goes in the eighth right now, and I've loved him forever on the show. I hadn't talked about him in a while, though. Brandon Cooks, um, he is the kind of guy that I like that I feel like has just enough upside that he can give you a 20-point week, but he's probably not going to bust. Like He's going to get you 10 points, and as a wide receiver three or a flex option at this position, I like those type of guys. I don't like to miss um, in these middle rounds, and, and to me, he's a guy that almost can't miss uh, on a new team. Cowboys say they want to run a lot. They don't have the bodies to do it, in my opinion. Tony Pollard's small. Deuce Vaughn is smaller. Um, they're going to be passing quite a bit, I think. And, and Brandon Cooks, to me, is better than Gallup, and, and it's going to be a pretty strong two for him. Yep, I agree. So now we're into the 10th round. Um, these, these, like We talked about this on the 101 episode. Like You're just looking for high upside guys in this range. And um, you know I've got guys in the notes about like Cortland Sutton, um, Elijah Moore, if those guys fall, uh, Devon A. Chain, if you really need a quarterback, sometimes uh, Geno falls to here. Um, those are the kind of guys I'm looking at because um, some of the other running backs that you see available will probably fall fall to you in the 11th or even 12th. Yeah, and and that's what I would just finish up. Like to me, around the 10th round is the last guy that you feel like you might have to start in week one, you know, um, as a flex or whatever the case may be, or maybe you're getting your quarterback. To me, this is kind of the marker of where your your starters end. And then after that, going to these later rounds, to me, it's all bench. And that's going to be all upside for me. I want young guys. I want um, guys in their second, third uh, year in the league, or maybe they're on a new team, or, or maybe they're a, a really strong handcuff for somebody. But like I like Tank Bigsby at, at Jacksonville. Kendra Miller with the Saints just got injured, so I don't know how I feel about him now, but he was a guy that I was targeting. Players like that that just have a lot of unknown uh, because I don't want the known of a, a seven-point-per-game guy. I want 
somebody that could come in and, and be a game changer for me in those late rounds. And zone you could just part ways with if something happens. Yeah, and not feel them. bad if you cut him and yep. pick up somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, anyways, is that it for... The 102 to 105? That is it for 102 to 105. We are going to be moving on to episode 65. We hope you'll join us. We'll be doing... 106 to 109.